0: Check out my new book, Coping Courageously: A Heart-Centered Guide for Navigating a Loved One's Illness Without Losing Yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician for your patients and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where I give physicians who care for people with serious conditions the tools they need to help their patients thrive at any stage of illness. My motto is whole person care for people with serious illness using all the tools that work. This approach is the ultimate win-win because patients are happy and physicians enjoy practicing medicine again. There is a better way and we'll find it together. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between gratitude and toxic positivity. Gratitude tends to be a positive practice where um, we intentionally think about things that we're grateful for, things that are going right, things that we are thankful to have in our life, etc. And we'll talk in a moment about what that can look like as a regular practice. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can ooze over into toxic positivity, which is actually not so helpful for us and not so helpful if we impose that on other people. And family members will often do this to each other if someone in the family is dealing with a serious or complex illness. So we want to make sure we're not doing it and then we want to make sure we can recognize it so that we can help our families not to do that to each other because it's not helpful. I saw a patient very recently and this fellow was in his 80s and he had a son who was in his fifties and the son has advanced metastatic cancer. And so the patient that I saw was the father and he was just distraught and he was brought in by his wife because he was distraught and he can't handle this situation that's happening with his son. And, um, you know, he's, his memory is sort of going and he's not functioning as well anymore. And it's all a mess. And I noticed something when I had the two of them in the office that he would start to say, this is so terrible. No parent should ever think about burying their child. And the wife would right away pop in and say, "Now, don't say that. You know, a lot of good has come from this. He's being well taken care of and he um he has good people in his life and not everybody dies of cancer. And what was really clear is as soon as she did that, he would shut down. And then when I asked her to wait and let him again speak what he was feeling, he would speak some really hard stuff. And again, she would pop in and try to make it be positive. No, 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 it's not bad like that. Of course it's bad, but, you know, here's all the ways it can be good. And so this is confusing to people sometimes because on the one hand, we think, well, right, we're supposed to be grateful. And there's evidence that gratitude is helpful for improving anxiety and depression and well-being, which is all true. But when we don't allow people their negative emotions, that's not using gratitude appropriately. That's toxic positivity. And that is the opposite of helpful because it shuts people down. So we're going to talk about each of those two things separately. The first one is gratitude. And gratitude is is a helpful ritual that, as I mentioned, has some pretty good evidence for benefit. And all of us should be doing a regular gratitude ritual. I have a regular gratitude ritual, which has changed over the years. At various times, I've written in a journal. I've texted back and forth to a friend. Uh, right now, I call to mind, five things that I'm grateful for as I lay down in bed. So there's all different ways to do it. And there's three ways that I want you to think about that you might use a gratitude ritual. The first is a daily ritual. And so what this means is that every day you call to mind or write down or tell someone or record on your phone somewhere around three to five things for which you are grateful that day. And the key is that every day it should be different. So you shouldn't every single day say my family, my health, my resources, because then it just becomes rote and it doesn't really do anything anymore. And it's most importantly, it's not training the habit of looking for the good in a situation, which is really the benefit of a gratitude ritual. So it should be different every single day. And it can be big things, but it absolutely can also be small things. So sometimes my gratitude ritual might be things like, that amazing sandwich I had, or the great parking place that I got, or that nice lady that I met in the market. Other times it might be, you know, having my husband in the house on a rainy night, or it might be a really nice talk that I had with one of my children. It doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter if it's big or profound. It just matters that every day it's different. Because what that does is that even in a difficult day, It forces you to sort through the things, some of which may feel pretty negative, to find something that seems positive for which you can be thankful. And when in doubt, if you're doing it and it's a really, really bad day and you're having trouble finding anything, you can go for conveniences like heat or air conditioning or a car or plumbing that works. A daily ritual of some sort is a really helpful practice that all of us should do. So how do you do it? You can do a a journal, a gratitude journal. I tried that for a while and then I would not do it. And then I would beat myself up for not doing it. So for me, that wasn't the best one. But some people love a gratitude journal and they write down three to five. You can start with three, but when three gets easy, do five. Because sometimes it's the last two when you're really looking for something. That's where you get the most benefit of training your mind to look for the good. So a journal is one option. But if you don't want to do a journal, you can just call to mind these things either as you're laying in bed to go to sleep or as you just wake up in the morning or before a meal or when you just get into your car on the way to work or after work when you're in the bathroom. What is probably most helpful, though, is that you pick the same circumstance so that you begin to um, automatically think of it. Like when I close my eyes and I lay down right away, it comes to my mind that I should do it because it's become a habit. Another thing that you can do that I did for a while that I really liked was you can text with a friend. So if you get somebody else who wants to do this, you can text them your three to five things. They text you their three to five things and no need to comment on them. So you don't have a whole conversation about it. You just have a little accountability and you do get extra closeness with this other person because you get a window into their soul and who they are and what matters to them. So you could think about finding another person and also if you forget and they send you their gratefuls, then all of a sudden you go, Oh yeah, right, I forgot to do it and you'll do it. So it's kind of good to have a little accountability. You can do it at the dinner table if there's other people in your house and they want to participate. You could all do it together. You could do it once a week if you have a, a ritual like every Saturday you go out to brunch with somebody, you could do it then, uh, which is fine. I tend to favor doing it every day if you can, just because it's easier to make a habit that way. But try to do the same idea all the time. So basically the same time of day or associated with the same thing or with the same person so that you can develop this into a habit. So that's probably the most important one is the daily ritual. You can also make a gratitude list at either regular intervals like once a quarter or once a month. Or you can do it just if you're having kind of a bad day or a bad time, you're feeling in a funk, you can do it as a treatment for that. And the idea is you fill up a whole notebook page with things for which you are grateful. And first, a bunch of things will come out and then you'll feel stuck, but don't give up. Keep looking, dig deeper. So first, you'll probably write all the people in your life and your pets and your house and your job and your health your car and your vacation home, and then you'll get stuck. And then dig deeper, your sense of humor, your great hair, your athletic prowess, your resilience, and you maybe get stuck, dig deeper, your experience as a child traveling in Europe, your great second grade teacher, dig deeper, conveniences, plumbing, heat, Your great blanket, your favorite pillow, your favorite stuffed animal, your artistic skills, your taste in music, right? Keep looking, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. And you should absolutely be able to fill up a whole page. And so this activity can take five, maybe 10 minutes. And when you do it, by the end, boy, do you realize how much good is in your life. And so if you were in a funky place and then you do a gratitude list you will change your perspective. So it's something you can have in your back pocket for yourself. And also I uh, recommend this to patients all the time. You can have them do it in the office if you have time, or you could have them do it as homework when they go home and then send it to you or go home and do it and just let you know that they did it or bring it to the next visit, etc. The other thing that sometimes people do, and there's some evidence actually of A reasonably long lasting benefit from just one of these uh, experiences, which is writing a gratitude letter. And when you write a gratitude letter, you write a letter to a person living or dead who was incredibly meaningful to you in your life. And you tell them all the ways that they were meaningful to you. And ideally, if they're alive, you actually read it to them. If they're not alive or you don't have access to them, you read it to another person out loud. So this is a very powerful experience. And I would encourage you to think about this for yourself. If this would be a positive thing and to keep it in your back pocket for your patients too, that this can be a very healing experience in certain circumstances. Okay. So gratitude is generally for the, for people who are able to do it, a good, regular experience to put into your life. The only thing that I would caution you about, though, is that if somebody is dealing with something really tough, they may not be able to get to gratitude right that moment. And if you try to push it on them, that now veers into toxic positivity and that can feel bad instead of good. So, you know, if someone just got diagnosed with cancer and they're really in a bad place and you say, well, you know, be you should be grateful that at least your kids are grown or you should be grateful that it's stage three instead of stage four. They don't want to be grateful. They don't feel grateful then. And you telling someone that they should be grateful is almost always a negative experience for them. So each of us should practice finding our own gratitude, but we can't really impose that on other people. And when we try to impose that on other people, that becomes what we call toxic positivity. And toxic positivity, the basic idea is that we are trying to impose on another person or sometimes impose on ourselves the idea that we shouldn't feel bad. I know this is terrible, but everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you shouldn't be upset about that because God has a plan for you or it's going to work out how it's meant to work out. For a person who is in a really bad spot emotionally, that feels almost abusive because it completely invalidates their experience. And so we have to be really careful that as we're learning about gratitude and the value of positivity, that we not impose it in this way. And you will see this in families all the time. And in the gentlest, most loving way, you can call it out and teach them about the difference between gratitude and toxic positivity and try to stop the family members who are imposing this on their loved ones who are suffering. So the basic idea of toxic positivity is that we need to allow people to have their negative emotions. Like, The guy that I saw, my patient, who was really struggling with anticipatory grief about losing his child, even though it was an adult, his adult child, that's terrible. And it's really hard. And There's no way that we can ask him to think, oh, everything happens for a reason when my son is going to die and I'm a parent and I'm going to bury my son. There's just no way. So we have to make space for people to have negative emotions. It's okay to have negative emotions. When they're ready, they may also be able to find some things for which they are grateful, but we definitely don't want to invalidate their negative emotions by trying to make them be positive or trying to show them how they should be positive. One little tool that I sometimes use for myself but also for my patients is this phrase, I don't like or I hate, depending on how you feel about the word hate. So I don't like blank, but at least blank. And I will often write this on a piece of paper and give it to the patient and ask them to put it on a sticky note at home and put it up so they see it. So I don't like or I hate blank, but at least blank. And so how might we fill this out? So I don't like staying late to chart, but at least I had a no show today. So I got home a little earlier or I don't like that my sewer backed up, but at least I don't have guests right now. I recommend that you practice this yourself and that you give this to your patients. This allows you to have a little space for something positive, but it also allows the negative emotion, right? I don't like, or I hate that he has cancer, but at least we're a close family. So it doesn't say you don't hate it. You do hate it because it's terrible, but there's also a little piece of something that can be positive. And so those don't even need to be connected. It can be like, I hate that I have cancer, but at least the sun is out today. They don't have to be related. It's just the idea that you can make space for the negative emotion, and then you can also make space for some glimmer of of light or hopefulness or positivity. What I want you to do is practice gratitude. So for your homework, I want you to start a gratitude ritual of some sort. See if you can do it every day. If three things is too much, do one thing. If writing it down is too much, just call it to mind. If you're not sure what to do, the kind of baseline recommendation I would say is as you're laying in bed, call to mind three things for which you're grateful from the day. Remember, they're going to be different every day, not the same thing. And they can be very small. They can be like, my dog didn't pee in the house today. That totally counts. Okay. They can be very small. So that's one is you're going to start a gratitude ritual. Homework number two is to practice a couple times, at least this week, the I don't like blank, but at least blank. So do it for yourself a few times. Maybe do it right now when you're done listening. Do one right now. Try to do this a few times because when you practice it and you learn how to do it, you're much more likely to recommend it to your patients. And these are really valuable counseling tools you can do in the office in just a couple minutes. It doesn't take a long counseling time with the patient, but try to look while you're practicing these things yourselves for an opportunity to share with your patient. Maybe they want to start a gratitude ritual, or at least maybe you want to share with them. I don't like blank, but at least blank. Okay. Practice this week. This is really important. This one is really, 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 really important. So together, let's transform the care of patients with serious and complex illness. So we have more tools for happier patients and a more enjoyable practice for us. And thank you so much for joining me. And I will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Palliative Medicine. If you found value in this podcast, please share with a friend or a colleague, subscribe or leave us a review. And to learn about upcoming integrative palliative educational programs or get on the waiting list for our next Physician Scholars program, go to www.tiipm.org and sign up and I'll see you next week.